0: Anyone able to control the manufacture and distribution of these prized axes would have been set to gain much power and wealth.
1: Welcome to 100 Years, 100 Objects, stories from the collections of Lancaster City Museums. My name is Rachel Roberts, collections registrar at Lancaster City Museums. 2023 marks 100 years of our museums and collections, and we're celebrating by examining 100 intriguing objects that help tell the story of Lancaster, Morecambe and the surrounding area. Today's object could easily be passed by without realising what it was, but to a trained eye this is one of the most important inventions in early human history. It was part of a revolution which would change the way humans live forever, the Neolithic Revolution. Today's object is a Stone Age axe. All that survives today is the axe head. Although it is likely that it was attached to a wooden handle to allow it to be swung, those more perishable parts are no longer with us. Today, the axe head simply looks like a rounded, smooth stone. However, it has a distinctive shape, like a wide teardrop, with a narrower end, which would have attached to the handle, and a broader end, which is much thinner than the rest of the body of the stone, and would have formed the cutting edge when new and sharp. It was given to the museum in 1968, and although it is believed to have been found somewhere around Barb and Beck in the very south of Cumbria, we're not exactly sure where the fine spot was. However, this type of axe is found widely across the Lake District, where it was probably made, and right across the rest of the UK, and even in some other parts of Europe. We spoke to Richard Whitaker, site supervisor at Lancaster City Museum, about the axe, which is one of his favourite objects in the collection. We started by discussing the period that this type of axe is from, and how the sorts of places that other axes like this one have been found might hint at how important they were to the people who made and used them.
0: So it dates to the Neolithic, or more popularly known as the Stone Age, 3500 BC. This is around the time when people began to live in permanent settlements and learn to farm and domesticate animals. This is important because hunter-gathering continued, but people didn't have to rely purely on this nomadic way of life anymore. The Neolithic is marked by these appearances of polished stone axes possibly used to chop down trees more efficiently to clear away the farmlands. Again, don't know exactly where it was found but many fine examples have been found in stone circles such as Castle Rigg's stone circle near Keswick. It is thought that a finely polished axe was not just a useful tool, it would have been regarded as a prized object and an indication of someone's importance or wealth. It is likely that stone circles which started to appear in the late Neolithic may have acted as centres for trade. Polished stone axes were also often deposited in rivers or marshlands. There must have been some ritualistic motivation behind these types of deposits, where even if the axe could still be used functionally, it is thought it had come to the end of its life, so to speak. Rather than continue to use these objects or pass them down to perhaps more able descendants, they were just deposited as if to return them to the earth from whence they came and lay them to rest.
1: We asked Richard where the axe is believed to have been made, and how it would have been created.
0: It seems most likely to have originated from the Langdales, where the so-called Langdale Axe Factory is located. Archaeologists consider this a centre for specialist stone tool production in the Great Langdale area of the Lake District. Typically, finds include reject axes, rough outs and blades, as well as flakes and hammer stones. But a large proportion of the complete stone axes found across the UK can be traced back to the Langdales. It must have been an important area for the distribution of stone axes, Neolithic people went to extraordinary lengths to cut from there a rare kind of silica-rich volcanic tuff. So in the Neolithic, we often think of flint tools as being kind of the most commonly used things, but this is a different material altogether, so it's a volcanic tuff. So Langdale Sonaxes axes have been found across Britain and Ireland, particularly the east of England and east Yorkshire and Lincolnshire, but of all the Neolithic polished stone axes found in the UK, 27% of them come from the Langdales. This is incredible considering there are over 30 sources of material for stone axes across Britain, from Cornwall all the way over to Northern Scotland and Ireland. The Neolithic person would have struck large flakes of rock from an outcrop using a hammerstone. They would then roughly shape them into an axe by using a hard hammerstone, which is basically just a prehistoric hammer so it's just if you just imagine like a round very tough bit of stone to chip away at the source rock and then a softer hammer made from antler or wood would then have been used for more delicate and precise work so this could be used to refine the edges and it would have been attached to a wooden handle to be used for felling trees. The reason why they needed to chop down trees is because there was such a lot of forest in the era before the Neolithic, which is known as the Mesolithic, so this is when people lived a lot more of a nomadic hunter-gatherer lifestyle. There was some form of forest management in the Mesolithic where they did burn areas of of forest to create clearings for game to gather, for, for them to be easier to hunt, but obviously it needs to be more of a permanent process now with people creating areas to cultivate and areas to live and settle permanently so they'll have been planting cereal crops and things like that at this point.
1: Given that this axe was both a tool and a status symbol and that people had set up networks to allow them to trade axes made in the Langdales right across the country, what does all this tell us about the importance of the Langdale area to the people around it?
0: First thing that probably comes to mind is it just shows us how important maintenance of a forest cover was in the Neolithic era and that axes had become a staple tool. This reflects how the Neolithic was a time of settlement and sort of development of farming on a larger scale. Polishing stone axes, it didn't just make them look good but improved the strength of the axe as sharp corners and other defects increased stress concentrations making breakages more likely. It also reminds us of how important the Neolithic Langdale Axe Factory was and possibly how much power those who controlled the area had. Many archaeologists theorised that access to the Langdales was difficult and therefore restricted to a select few who were allowed to go and manufacture highly prized stone tools there that could be traded across Britain. Reaching these veins of stone would have been a perilous undertaking, none more so than Piker Stickle, where you can still see the holes and chipping marks left by prehistoric prehistoric cutters in a shallow cave there. Rough-outs have also been found here which are rejects, discarded during the initial shaping of an axe, which was carried out in situ before the best pieces were removed for polishing at lower altitudes. Anyone able to control the manufacture and distribution of these prized stone axes would have been set to gain much power and wealth. Research suggests that the manufacture of stone axes up on the Langdales was a highly organised enterprise. The fact that the Langdales would have been difficult to reach physically suggests that it could have been easy to control who could physically go up there and gain access to this prized rock.
1: What can objects like these axes tell us about society in the Neolithic period and how it changed over time?
0: Polished stone axes from the Langdales must have been considered high value objects either sacred or display of physical wealth. Langdale axes must have been more highly prized than others given how they are spread across Britain. There must be a reason for this given how other sources of stone were more easily available. This could be something to do with how sacred the Langdells was considered or how wealthy one had to be to acquire one. Either way when not in use this polished stone axe would have been a physical display of wealth and influence of whoever owned it and it tells us that material culture was started to become a reflection of personal wealth or perhaps could measure someone's importance in society. Some of the arguments for this theory consider that there were perfectly good sources for axe-making elsewhere. Accessible locations were often overlooked in favour of more remote areas. This could have been something to do with their ritual quality linked to their command of stunning views across the landscape. The remoteness of these locations could reflect an attempt to isolate axe production from the sphere of everyday life. Many of these locations could not be found by mere chance, suggesting that certain sites were reserved for specific groups or elite groups. So it's possible that social changes in the values of Acts could have changed significantly in 3300 BC in the later Neolithic As individual burials started to appear, causewayed enclosures took on new functions as defended settlements and local exchange networks were replaced by long distance trade involving Langdale axes. This all reached its peak in the late Neolithic where fewer are found in South England replaced by Cornish axes.
1: We've already mentioned that quite a few stone axes have been found around some of the most famous marks of Neolithic life still left in our landscape, stone circles. There are well over 1,000 known stone circles across the UK, but despite their prevalence and beauty, very little is still known about their purpose. Could the distribution of stone axes give us any clues?
0: Everyone's always trying to figure out what the use of stone circles were. But basically just as a bit of background, in the early Neolithic people tended to build long barrows and grave mounds and bury the dead in large communal burials. The graves had a central passage with several side chambers containing sets of bones, but in the late Neolithic people started to construct stone circles which don't always have evidence for funerary objects. It has always been a great mystery what exactly these fascinating sites were used for. And Most people believe it was for some ritualistic function or a place to gather and celebrate. But it is also possible that these striking monuments which often dominated the landscape were obvious gathering places. These monuments would have been recognisable for miles around and everyone would have known where they were. They could have been used as places to gather for meetings, sharing information, trade or even for putting on entertainment. The fact that Neolithic axes were found in Castle Rick Stone Circle, not far from the Langdale axe factories, does suggest that many were potentially brought there to trade, which makes sense given how many people have gathered at the important site of Castle Rheed. So it just makes sense for these places which were used as such important gathering sites them to have been used for trade. Uh, many archaeologists believe that Stone Circle in Oxfordshire provides further evidence for this, so a late Neolithic Rollwright stone circle is often described as a Cumbrian stone circle. Just like at Swinside stone circle and other sites across Cumbria, the stones are closely set and form a very precise circle. This has led many to theorise that one of its functions may have been to act as a staging post for the distribution of late District stone axes to the more heavily populated regions in the south. What I'm saying here is that there would have been obvious gathering places with multiple purposes and probably the only place that everyone would have reason to travel to. So it just seems to make sense. to me for them to have been used as places to trade valuable items such as these prized stone axes from the Langdales. The reason why stone axes gave way to uh, copper or bronze axes during the Bronze Age is just simply because they're easier to mass produce so stone axes were just replaced with a head made of copper or bronze and initially these were often pure copies of stone axes so the bronze axe head was cast in mould, allowing the design to be copied and mass-produced, making the process lots lot simpler than having to go to these hard-to-reach areas in mountains and craft out of stone an axe head which they could easily use moulds for with bronze and copper.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of 100 Years 100 Objects. We hope you will listen to some of our other episodes where we discuss everything from publishing to protest.